0: Welcome to the ROTC Scholarship Podcast, hosted by former Army ROTC Professor of Military Science, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Rob Kirkland. In these episodes, we explore how to best prepare yourself to obtain one of these valuable scholarships for those applicants who wish to attend a college or university and become officers in the military. The application process can be complex and confusing. This podcast works to make it more understandable. And now, the ROTC Scholarship Podcast. All right, yeah, it's great to have you back here today with the ROTC uh, Scholarship Consulting. Uh, Today, I want to talk about uh, ROTC program visits and field trips uh, and uh, sort of tips for success when you uh, do these these trips. Uh, And what I'm talking about is visiting Uh, ROTC programs uh, in the services that you are applying for with the scholarship, whether that be Army, Navy, Air Force, or Navy uh, Marine Corps options. And then uh, the lesser known um, uh, technique of scheduling field trips to active duty, National Guard or Reserve units, or or recruiting stations uh, to better understand military military officership and uh, ROTC. I think the point overall we're going to Make today here is that the knowledge gained uh, from these field trips uh, can be used uh, uh, both in your scholarship essays as well as during the interview process uh, or both. Uh, so uh, I personally feel that the that these visits and field trips are essential uh, in differenti- differentiating yourself uh, in regards to the scholarship and, and and it gives you kind of a leg up on your. Uh, competition in order to uh, gain one of these valuable scholarships. So today, once again, I'm I'm joined by uh, John Edelman, who uh, whose son uh, this last year uh, won both an Army and uh, Navy Marine Corps option scholarship, and uh, he's spoken to us in the past about a, the parents' perspective about uh, the ROTC scholarship process, as well as the Dodmer uh physical. And he, uh, has, you know, d- done such a, you know fantastic job on those things that uh, I had to invite him back for one, if not more of these uh, episodes that kind of, you know, talk about, you know, his perspective and his son's perspective on these visits. And then, of course, I'll chime in and, you know, kind of give my two cents on, uh, on, you know, each, you know, one of these uh, points that both John and I are going to talk about. So John, it's great to have you back here today.
1: I appreciate it, Rob. Thank you for having me back.
0: Yeah, it's great. So, so great. So, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit you with some questions here uh, that uh, you know that I think um, are important for the uh, for the listeners here to understand about the process and why uh, both you and I believe that these uh, program visits and field trips are so I- important for uh, the scholarship process. So first. You know, I want to talk about these ROTC program visits. So um, I know that you know you you guys visited uh, a number of ROTC programs, and one thing that stood out, I think, when when I worked with you was you know the number of programs that you uh, went to to kind of experience uh, you know what ROTC was like uh, to kind of build that knowledge and that da- uh, base uh, that Carter would be able to uh, leverage when he went to uh, you know. Both his essays and his interviews. So, you know, talk to me about uh, about your visits and in at least your viewpoint of what the advantages of doing this is.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think to put things in perspective, um, you know, a lot of, of of candidates will start in a in a different, I guess, a different time. Some of them know early on their freshman year in high school that that they want to pursue an ROTC scholarship or a, a service academy appointment. And, uh, you know, some don't decide until their, you know, junior or senior year. And so with my son, you know, his sophomore year in high school was really the point at which he decided that this was something that he wanted to pursue. So, you know, really starting in his sophomore year and then really moving into his junior year was when we started to visit all the schools that he was interested in. Um, I guess really during his junior year And, and during these visits, you know, he would meet with the various ROTC detachments as well as the academic departments that he was interested in. And, uh, you know, from those visits his junior year, he was able to eliminate some of the schools and then as well as, you know, rank some of the schools uh, that he was applying to so he could, you know, put a, a better focus on those applications and the ones that he felt were going to meet his academics as as well as his ROTC needs. Um, and then really the the important visits started, um, between his, the summer of, of his junior and senior year. And, I, and I, you mm-hmm. know, I think that's when the application process really heats up for your colleges as well as for the ROTC schools or ROTC scholarships. Right. So from there, you know, he went and visited the schools again. You know, he, he made it a point to try and schedule meetings with, in, in the case of the Army detachment, the professor of military science, um, you know, the uh, Marine Corps instructor the, the senior officers in the program so he could develop a personal rapport with them, but also uh, use that as an opportunity to, to help answer any questions about the scholarship process, about things that would differentiate him from other candidates. Um, mm. So those were, those were really helpful uh, meetings during, you know, that summer of his junior year. And then, and then the one thing that, that's often overlooked, and I think is probably the most important thing that a, that a perspective, ROTC cadet can do is is take advantage of the overnight programs that many of these schools have and and much of our experience or my son's experience was at senior military colleges Um, and and most of those have a spend the night with the Corps or or an overnight program where the prospective cadet uh, will come in and spend time with the existing with the current cadets the cadre and it gets a, a real personal way to to get their questions answered they get to sleep in the barracks, eat in the mess hall, attend classes, uh, you know, do the PT, and uh, I think he got more out of that than in all the other visits, just because it it really was a, you know, ground level view of of what the program was.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Um yeah, I would yeah, I think that that's probably the number one thing is that, you know, to like you were mentioning is to, you know, to kind of get that knowledge base, uh, get uh information on uh on each of these programs and specifically uh to you know to kind of build that, you know, that that idea of what ROTC is all about, what you know, what an ROTC cadet does, whatever service uh you decide to uh to go to to go in. Uh, Because, you know, during the interview, uh, you know, or rather when we constructed essays, you know, I know that when we constructed essays with your son, you know, we, you know, incorporated those visits, uh, you know, and things like that into the scholarship essay. Uh, And then, you know, in things like the interview, you know, you'll hear questions like, you know, why, uh, what do you know about ROTC or what is, you know, what do you know of the challenges you're going to face in ROTC? And it's just so much easier to be able to answer those questions when you've actually gone to a program and actually, you know, uh, your son could talk about multiple programs and, and the cadets he talked to and the. Cadre he talked to, and all of those things to be able to bring those things forward. Uh, I can't tell you, uh, John, how many times I've done interviews when I was both at USC and Claremont McKenna, where you know the where I'd ask you know the candidate didn't know anything about ROTC at all. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, I just, you know, he really didn't do his homework or the candidate didn't do their homework. And, you know, if somebody can come in and say that, you know, they've done their due diligence and done all of these visits, it just makes it just so much more impressive uh, to, to me and I think to any, anybody who interviews uh, a candidate.
1: You know, and it does. Another thing that's often overlooked is, you know, a lot of these young men and women don't have a lot of experience in uh interviewing techniques or just uh Mm -hmm. being able to sit down with um you know someone else and have a cohesive discussion and so what i found with at least in my son's case is these preliminary visits these field trips or these you know visits during the summer it gave him the opportunity to sit down with officers cadre uh, professors And hone his interview skills. I mean, sit down with them, be comfortable with talking to, uh, you know, a Marine Corps captain or or an Army colonel. Um, And so, by the time he did sit down for his official interviews, uh, not only did he actually know the people that he was interviewing with, he had a personal relationship with them, but he felt comfortable and he knew um, what the the kind of questions that were going to be asked, Mm -hmm. as well as just the different personalities. And and as you said, you know, to go into these interviews cold. Um, it's a tough thing to, to overcome, especially as many, as many students as these, uh, and as many essays that are being read, you've got to do things that differentiate
0: yourself, uh, to get picked out of the pile. Right. Yeah. And going in cold, I mean, imagine, you know, you're, I know you and I can place ourselves back when we're 17 years old, but, you know, going into a program cold, not ever having visited there, not any, not knowing anybody there, not knowing anything about the program at all, and then doing your interview. Uh, you know, I, I've seen people overcome that, and obviously, you know, if you're a fantastic interviewer, you do that. But just imagine being able to go into an interview and actually having visited there once or twice, or you know, and where you know everybody, where you know the. Professor of military science, a person that's going to interview you, yeah. they welcome you back as if you're a member of the family, and you go into that interview with so much more confidence than you would uh, if you just suddenly went in cold. Uh, so, I mean, I know when Carter did his interview at the Citadel, he, he, you know, they knew him there.
1: Right, they knew him, and and I think it also shows a certain level of commitment. You know that, you know, let's be real, a lot of the, the the people that are that are applying for these scholarships. You know they're they're just filling them out. Um, They're submitting them. They're checking the boxes. You know this this maybe their plan A, B, or C. But um, I think the ones that are putting the effort into it, making the personal uh, relationships, um, and doing these things are the ones that that actually uh, probably come out on top. Because as you said, you you know you reviewed you know hundreds and hundreds of these files, and you only have ten or fifteen minutes to to put it in one pile, the other pile, and, and these are the kind of things that that, that make a difference. Um, Right. And and one one other thing, one other quick thing I, I just thought about is a benefit for a parent during these visits is, is a lot of the, the programs that, that my son attended that were the overnight programs, they would have a parallel program for the parents where, you know, you're there for a day or a day and a half, sometimes two days. And so it was a great uh, opportunity for the parents to learn about the scholarship process, financial aid, the different ROTC programs. And, and a lot of the, the parents may have a military background, but most don't. And so that was the other uh, benefit of these visits is it, it had helped educate myself and my wife on on the ROTC process, as well as what happens after ROTC.
0: No, that's great. Yeah, just to get, um, you know, your knowledge base, um, you know, more filled out regarding that so that, you know, you can help your son through the process. Um, Before we move on to the next question, I just wanted to uh, bring out one more thing is that, uh, you know, is that, uh, you know, the different services obviously do their interviews in different ways. Um, The Army uh, and and, uh, Navy, you can pretty much pick out where you want to do your interview at. Uh, so you can you know visit the programs ahead of time and figure out where you do the interview. For the Air Force, you do it at the closest ROTC, See program to where you uh, live. So obviously, if you want to get to know the person who may interview you and get to know the program, it's best to visit the program closest to you. Marine Corps option. Um, you can refresh my memory, John. But I mean, it's it's pretty much you know the person at the district. Uh, you know that is the point of contact. So uh, you know, so you know, if you do your homework and you figure it out, you know, through the different services, you can pretty much figure out where you're going to. Your interview, and I think it's very wise to do that uh, to meet the person or you know, at least a program ahead of time. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with that. Yeah, okay, great. So, uh, okay, so they go to the ROTC uh, 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 program and you know, uh, what sort of questions or what sort of things you think that that uh, person should be asking uh, when they make visits to these programs? What, you know, I know that, uh, you know, I normally give out a question set to people to, you know, to kind of use to kind of frame these, but what was the ones that Carter thought were really good payoffs for, uh, for this, for questions and, and things like that?
1: Yeah, you know, I think, I think, again, breaking down into two different phases, I think the, the early on his sophomore, uh, during his junior year when he would visit, I think the questions that he was asking were probably more general, just trying to get a feel for the school, the differences between um, the different ROTC divisions. I mean, at this point, you know, he was inter- interested in and in, in being an officer in the military, and, and he didn't know the differences between the Air Force, the Army, the Navy, and the Marine Corps. So a lot of the time and questions he spent were meeting with uh, the different. Um, you know, uh, officers and detachment staff just learning, you know, what is life like in the Army? What is life like in the Air Force? I want to be a pilot. What's the, you know, if I want to be a pilot in the Air Force, how does that differ from being a pilot in the Marine Corps? And so that first summer, you know, first few visits was spent doing that, but then also trying to narrow down the schools. Uh, You know, the Citadel is a lot different from uh, Texas A&M. And so trying to figure out, what he wanted in school, uh, the things that he didn't want. And then that second summer after he had narrowed down his 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 uh, college choices and had, had narrowed it down to to pursuing the Army and the Marine option scholarship, uh, the follow-up meetings were very specific to um, the school. You know, this is where I've picked out, you know, this is the the Citadel is where I want to go or Texas AM's where I want to go. Um, what is life like going to be, f- uh, at this school as a contracted cadet? Um, what can I do to help better, uh, prepare myself for the scholarship application, things like that. So they're much more specific. And then, and then again, as we talked about, you know, those overnight visits, uh, where he can, you know, go and, and stay in the room with another fourth class cadet, um, go through inspections and see all the things they go through were,
0: were invaluable. Right. You know, it's kind of just building that information base that you're talking about. And I yeah, I, I do think even at regular colleges, I know, at, you know, places like, you know, the military academies and at the senior military cars like the Citadel or, um, you know, or VMI, things like that. They have those overnights. But even at a regular uh, college or university, you can do I think you can still do these overnights at some of these colleges and, and spend multiple days with the uh, ROTC, you know, maybe rooming with an ROTC cadet. Uh, at a regular college or university. and uh, you know it's all about that kind of touch time uh, that we talked about earlier, where they get to where they get to know you uh, as an individual. So some of the things you know that that um, kind of st- stand out to me, um, you know, and you can chime in on some of these after i uh, after I kind of go through them, would be you know questions like, um, you know what is the physical fitness schedule as a student, and how can I best prepare?" Uh, for uh, physical fitness? Uh, you know, what what will I learn as a freshman uh, cadet or midshipman? Is there anything that I can do in advance to prepare uh, for this? Uh, can you describe the importance of the, um, you know, the summer training programs that they have? Because oftentimes uh, the ROTC programs really uh, put emphasis on summer training uh, and, you know, the more information you can have uh, get on that, uh, and the perspectives you can get on that, the better. Uh, explain how the order of merit uh, is determined and calculated because that has to do with uh, you know what kind of specialty you may get in, in your various service or in the case of uh, the Army ROTC, uh, whether or not you go on active duty or not. What are some of the challenges uh, that you that cadets or midshipmen face in ROTC, such as the balance between academics and ROTC? Uh, And then, you know, when you meet the cadre, uh, you know, questions like what's life like as a lieutenant or ensign in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and what specialty do you have as an officer? And, you know, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do in the service. You know, there's the cadre at your programs are going to be in a wide variety of different uh, specialties and things like that. So all of these things um, just kind of build your knowledge base uh, to be able to you know to know more about it, but I think you know just as important is to be able to you know incorporate these things in your essays uh and inco- and and talk about them in in your interview so um do any of those uh questions uh john resonate with you with uh with with uh you know your son's visits
1: yeah they do in fact most of them do and i think one just general point is. Most of 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 the of the interactions that my son had, um, you know, he went in prepared. He he had a list of questions. He researched whoever, whoever he was going to meet with. He he did some research on them, learned about what they had done in the service, and so he had specific questions related to that. Um, and I think that was very helpful. But you know, some of the things that that you talked about that I know that that my son and I talked about that he was very interested in, and these were things to not only help him determine where he wanted to go to school, but what branch he wanted to pursue, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, 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 it, and as you said, there's a big difference between going to a school like VMI, Norwich, the Citadel, Texas A&M versus, uh, you know, UCLA or a, or traditional school in terms of PT. And so when he looked at these schools, um, you know, he wanted the all in uh, type of, of experience. He wanted the, 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 you know, full-time you know, military experience. And so he learned a lot about the different programs in these meetings. Um, And, you know, you talked about the summer camps or the summer training. Uh, There's a big difference between how the Army does summer training and how Mm -hmm. the Marine Corps does summer training. Yes. You know, I'm not sure on the Army, but I know in the Marine Corps, their summer training starts the summer after their senior year. And every summer, you know, up until the point they graduate and commission has summer training. And that was really enticing to my son where, you know, he wanted to have that experience where he was getting to do something different every summer. So he learned a lot about the different summer programs um, during his visits, um, which was which was an important deciding
0: factor on on which branch he chose. Yeah. So you're not sort of flying blind or anything like that, you know, when you you're going into it with your eyes wide open. That's right. Yep. (laughs) Well, good. So, so if we haven't convinced the uh, listeners yet to go ahead and visit ROTC programs, uh, I think, you know, this, that's almost, I would say a mandatory uh, thing that you have to do. And if you don't visit ROTC program before your interview and formulating these essays, I think you're putting yourself at a significant uh, disadvantage to the students that uh, are actually do that. But if you want to crank up the volume even more, John, um, you know, you can you can uh, visit the National Guard or Reserve units, uh, you know, near your house. I mean, it's it's you know you drive by every day. You see that little armory when you you know, or that that uh, that uh, National Guard or Reserve unit that's behind that fence or at, in that armory, and you always wonder kind of what's going on behind those gates. Uh, you know, what are, they, what are what are they doing there? And you know, I've, we never really. bothered the well, you what you got is you got people, you got full timers there who kind of man the shop during the week, and then. On selected drill weekends, you actually have National Guard or Reserve uh, officers and non-commissioned officers and soldiers in you know, et, et, whatever the service is that are there doing things that people do on act just on active duty. They're doing you know, their duties as a lieutenant, as a captain, as a sergeant, uh, as a, a petty officer, whatever service you're talking about. And these are, uh, these are, pe- these are people in your community. These are people that, that, you know, you can leverage in order to be able to, uh, learn more about what life would be like as a Lieutenant or an ensign. And they're right in your local community. So, you know, why not, why not visit them? Why is, why John, is it important? And what, what did Carter get out of, um. You know, out of visiting the National Guard or or Reserve units uh, where where he lived.
1: Yeah, and I I think there, and that's a it's a good question, and it's and it's and uh, I'll break it down the response into a couple different answers. But I think if you talk in general terms, and let's just give an example of the one you gave about visiting a National Guard unit. So let's just say that you've got a a prospective, you know, a a young uh, man or woman who's looking to get an Army scholarship, and they go visit their local. A national guard unit, and 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 spend some time with a you know a major or a captain, um, build a relationship with that person, and then you know be able to use that experience in their essay. And then the 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 professor of military science reading that essay, you know who knows he may know that person, uh, he mm-hmm. may know the major, the captain that that the candidate's referencing. But 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 more importantly, it's going to show a level of dedication that. I would guess that most of the applicants don't have. And if you think about these essays, everyone's gung ho. Everyone wants to serve their country. Everyone, you know, has a 3.5 or a 4.0 and a 1300 on the SATs and a captain of the of the baseball team and the football team. And uh, but but what in there is going to differentiate that person? You take the time to go spend your you know junior and 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 senior year visiting the local uh, military. Um, you know, detachments and building relationships. And I think that does show a different level, a level of dedication. And in the case of my son, you know, he spent multiple days with uh, on the army side and the Marine Corps side, um, building relationships, learning about what life in the military is about, talking to enlisted personnel, talking to officers, talking to other ROTC cadets at the national guard detachment, There were several uh, junior, uh, sophomore and junior ROTC scholarship cadets who were who were doing participating in the in the weekend drill. So uh, it was very beneficial for him, even if he even if he he never received a scholarship, um,
0: those those the time that he spent was very well worth it. Yep. And um, you know, you don't you can spend I know that um your son, you know, certainly, you know, went above and beyond. Um, but you know, even just spending, you know, two to three hours on a weekend uh, you know, uh learning about the about you know being an officer, what we what we would call shadowing a officer, shadowing a lieutenant, as you said, a captain, an ensign. Just, you know, just you know, and the the things that you'll learn in that short period of time about what actually officers do. So we might differentiate that between ROTC, because when you visit the ROTC, you're learning about what life is going to be like as an ROTC cadet or midshipman. You're learning about, you know, what life is going to be like on campus. Uh, But it doesn't answer the question, you know, about why we, what is the ultimate purpose of the ROTC scholarship and ROTC program? It's to become an officer in the United States military. So it's, So you need to take that additional step and actually learn, well, what the heck am I going to do as a lieutenant or ensign in, in, in the military, you know, and what better way to do that than to actually, uh, spend some time with the, with, uh, with a lieutenant, you know, learn what a non-commissioned officer does and, and, And again, John, what we do is we go back to guess what you do on your essay, guess what you do on your interview. When the question is asked on your interview, and it's always asked whether or not it's, you know, whatever service it is, if you go in in front of a congressional interview for a service academy, uh, if you're, you know, it's the the boilerplate question is always asked why do you want to be an officer in X service, in the Army, in the Navy, in the Air Force? And boy, if you can. You know, open up that. I mean, you know, you start the boil. Of course, the boilerplate answer. You know, I'm patriotic. I want to serve my country. You know, the the average candidate will say. Then, then we'll talk about how they're a captain of the football team, and therefore, you need to select me to be an officer because I'm captain of the football team. What a better better way to answer the question than to say I went out and visited my. You know, I wanted to find out what life would be like as a lieutenant in the army. So I went out and I actually spent a spent time with a lieutenant in the local national guard unit. And that's just, you know, in my opinion, John, just so much more powerful. You
1: no, know, it is, and it, and it And it's, and it, as you said, it's useful because a lot of the uh, people pursue a military scholarship for different reasons. Um, but, you know, you've got to understand what's involved after you graduate. And there, it is a big commitment. You know, it's, depending upon which branch you decide and and what you do. I mean, you're talking 10-year commitments now. So it's important to go in with your eyes open. This just isn't a a good way to, if you're just looking for a a way to pay for school, um, you know, go get a loan, go do something. This is is not just a, a way to get a, you know, help on your, your tuition, this is a big commitment. So the more you can do to educate yourself and to be an educated uh, parent, as well as a
0: applicant uh, is going to help. Yep. And I think these services are trying to call out the people just looking for a uh, scholarship, uh, you know, because, you know, you can go through the first year of a lot of these programs. And if you decide to, you um, you know, tr- if you decide to drop out after a year, you don't owe the scholarship back. Uh, yeah. So, you know, they're trying to, you know, call out those people that are just, you know, kind of in it for a scholarship, in it for, you know, uh, for other reasons other than, you know, than serving. And and you know, by showing that kind of commitment, uh, you know, you're you're basically demonstrating to them that hey, you know, I'm not here just because of the money. I'm here because you know I'm truly interested in in the the services and about being being an officer. So, uh, so I'll just go over some quick questions. Uh, you know, you might ask here, um, you know, one would be, you know, what do you think makes a good Lieutenant? What do lieutenants do, uh, in, you know, the various service at your army, Navy, air force, or wherever, whoever you're visiting, uh, you know, what specialty did you choose and why did you choose it? Do you have any recommendations about the specialty I, I should do in, in, in the army or whatever service you're visiting with this guard or reserve unit, any advice about ROTC? Because a lot of the officers uh, that are going to be in these uh, units are going to be ROTC because a lot of the uh, services, you know, commission through ROTC and not necessarily through the service academy. And then, you know, if particularly if you're, if you're visiting army and you're interested in the army ROTC scholarship, you know, a lot of, rotc cadets go into the guard reserve so you know ask about that ask about what life is like uh, as a military officer in the national guard and having a full-time job uh you know so you know so that's i think an important question because you know you may end up going in, into the guard and reserve and and you should learn about what uh what a guard or reserve officer does john
1: that's yeah
0: good point you know so good so let's let's talk about a different animal here john uh, you know we talked about you know visiting uh r o t c programs uh we talked about uh going to national Guard or reserve units, but then we got this animal called navy r o t c marine Corps option and wow it's this is uh this is a little bit different of an animal and and you know you gotta be active there right.
1: Yeah, they they are different again, and it was it was baptism, you know, by fire hose, I think, for my son. But as you mentioned, he was awarded both the Army four year and the Marine option and scholarship, and, and the processes are very different. Um, you know, just to just a few of the main differences. Uh, when you apply for the Marine Option Scholarship, you're assigned a, a scholarship coordinator, mm-hmm. um, which I think in, in the Marine Corps, they're typically a, an O3. But um, that, that officer is going to be housed out of whatever district you reside in. I think the Marine Corps, I, I can't remember how many districts there are, but, um, you know, it's a geographical dis- district. And uh, that is the person that you deal with. It's the person that performs your interview, that you submit the application to, that checks your references, that reviews your application, that schedules your PFT. This is the person that basically um, your interaction with, you don't have any interaction with any of the school detachments, um, nothing like you do with the AR with the Army ROTC. Um, and then, you know, really... One of the and I you know the one of the things that he did that I think helped him get a get a feel for the difference between the Army and the Marine Corps was he started attending p t sessions at the local recruiting station here in our hometown, and uh, you know he went down there on his own, met with the sergeant and the staff sergeant told him told him that that he wanted to pursue a marine option scholarship and just started showing up and and doing p t with the pooleys. And the Pooleys are the young men and women who are preparing to head off to boot camp. So mm-hmm. uh, he got to meet a lot of really nice people uh, from, from this area. Uh, but then more importantly, he developed a personal relationship with the people that were actually handling his application and right. and, and, and administering his physical fitness test. So mm-hmm. instead of just showing up out of the blue, no one knows you, you know, my name's, you know, John, and I'm here to do my PFT test and my interview they knew him. They knew they'd been working with him for five, six months at this time and, you know, knew what he was capable of and had, I think, had a personal level of commitment in seeing him be successful. Um, and so, I, you know, of all the things that he did, I look back on it and I, I think that's probably one of the things that was one of the better choices that he made was to to go down there and to, and to start doing that. And as, you know, everyone knows that that's pursuing a Marine Option Scholarship, there's very few things
0: that are as important as the physical fitness
1: test in that application
0: process. Yeah, definitely. That's been talked about in our previous episodes is that, you know, getting that uh 265, I think, you know, even higher, you know, getting that 270 or higher range on that uh physical fitness test, uh, you know, which is a beast for uh the uh Marine Corps, you know, includes a 3-mile run. So, it's uh you know, so the Marine Corps option is a decentralized process versus the Army, Navy and Air Force, which is a centralized process. So, you know, so when they break it down by district, so the district, uh, you know, that you're in, I think there's six, I believe there's six or seven across the nation. Uh, those people in those districts get together and make the selection on who gets the scholarship within their district. So if you're participating in the, in the local physical fitness uh, at your local recruit your that recruiter is then talking to the representative that that lieutenant or captain that is the direct representative for uh, for you know the candidate, and then that that recruiter talks to the that captain, and then that captain then you know advocates for the various candidates at the district during their board, which is there's two boards a year, one in November and one in February. And so uh, I'm convinced, John, from seeing this process, you know, play out several times that, you know, if you don't have somebody advocating for you, unless you're, know, you're Superman or Superwoman, uh, boy, it's, it's, you know, you've got to have somebody advocating for you, I think. And, you know, and you got to be make, you got to make that positive impression. You just can't show up, take the test. And, you know, unless, of course, you got a great, you know, unless you get a 300 and you're, you know, you got like 1500 SATs and, you know, clearly there's, no way that they cannot can deny you a scholarship you, you got to have somebody advocating for you at at, the, at that district
1: yeah you do and I, you know and the, i don't know how many marine Option scholarships are awarded it's you hear different numbers from the low 200s to the you know 300s and that's nationwide so it's a you know i don't know how many army scholarships but there's several thousand between four mm-hmm. and three years in there so right. it, it is a different you know it is a different animal Um and so anything you can do to differentiate yourself in that process helps. And with it being, you know, a a decentralized um process that you know versus the army, it's it's just a as you said, it's a, a different beast.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know, so I think that's what the listeners need to understand is, you know, the armies, you'll have your uh, you know, three boards a year that will be sitting there at uh, you know, Fort Fort Knox and and they you know, look at all of the you know candidates uh, together, and and then make that cut. Air Force is the same way; it goes up to uh, it goes to Maxwell. They make the cut there. Navy, uh, they uh, make their cut at the national level. But uh, the Marines, boy, they they are decentralizing it, and uh, you know it's 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 much more personalized. So if you mean, if you divide what two hundred by six. You know, you're talking what? Maybe you know, thirty to forty scholarships per district, and uh, you know these districts incorporate you know a number of different states. But uh, you know, it's it's one where you know where it's a where it's it's a very much more of a personalized process. Now, the Marine Corps can get away with that because Marine Corps is a very small service and uh, one where they can make it more personalized rather than kind of the, and the scholarships, as you said, John, are much less. I mean, there's a big difference between awarding, you know, 200 to 300 scholarships versus awarding 2,000 to 3,000 scholarships. So you're, you know, doing that in multiples. And, and, you know, I think that that system probably couldn't, wouldn't work effectively with a larger service, but does with the, uh, with the Marines, but to, you know, to your, you guys' credit, I mean, you know, your son was very involved with that process. So, I guess John, to sum things up here, I get you know one thing I think that uh, I think comes out in in you know in our talk here today is involvement getting involved. Uh, you know, I don't think you know I think probably your son was probably an example of somebody you know who definitely went way above and beyond, definitely above and beyond. I mean, I think you know, John, even taking. Small steps, you know, uh, to you know, do some of the things that uh, your son did. I think it, are, are going to be beneficial and pay off.
1: Yeah, and I think to sum it up, there's a couple of things that I've learned sitting and watching it. Is <clears throat> this isn't a a race. It's not a 50 yard mm-hmm. dash. It's a it's a marathon, and it's a progression. You know, if if you wake up one day and you're a a senior in high school and you decide that you want to you know, pursue a, an ROTC scholarship or a service academy appointment, not saying it's impossible, but you've, you, you're you going to be behind the eight ball. And so if you can get someone early in the process and, you know, go through these steps to educate yourself, to educate yourself on the process, um, the commitments, the, the differences between the branches, um, it's just going to make yourself a better a candidate, um, a more believable candidate, and I think that's what what the military is looking for is is separating out the people who are who are just going through the motions because their parents want them to, or they think they should, or they think they want to be the next you know top gun pilot, versus the people that are really committed to this and have shown a multi year uh, commitment to getting a scholarship. I think that's what I think that's what differentiates and separates out people.
0: Yep. yeah this yep certainly the sooner that you can do that the better um, you know but I think you know you still uh, can do things even in the short term to be able to you know kind of get yourself educated so there you know so all is not lost uh, you know if you you know decide you know even later in the process yes, to, uh, to be able to do that but but I think you know the advantage I think of you know starting earlier and really understanding uh the process uh, I think is crucial so the earlier you can do that. Um, I think the better. So, um, John, this was a really great episode here today, and I really hope that you know, you know, that the people listen to this closely because I think you know that uh, I think it will be a huge payoff for them if they do do indeed do these steps that we that we're recommending here. Well, I agree. Yeah. Well, great. Um, thanks so much. And uh, you know, well, uh, can we do this again sometime? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Sounds good. It was great talking with you. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the ROTC Scholarship Podcast. If you like what we're doing, please leave a quick review. If you have any questions or want more information about ROTC or our consulting services, please visit our website at rotcconsulting.com. Take care, and we'll see you next time.